familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. Going back to work after having a baby is emotional enough, and then add in pumping and keeping up your milk supply, and life can definitely seem pretty stressful. Today, we are discussing breastfeeding tips for the working mom and offering ways to make this transition as stress-free as possible. This is The Boob Group, Episode 12. Breast milk, it does a baby good. Silly daddy, boobs are for babies. I make milk. What's your superpower? If my breastfeeding offends you, put a blanket over your head. Dairy diva. Don't be lactose intolerant. Nursing nature's own breast enhancement. Meals on heels. Whoever said there's no use crying over spilled milk never had to pump. Breast milk. All udders are inferior. Whatever your point of view, we're here to support your breastfeeding goals. We're the boob group because mothers know breasts. Welcome to The Boob Group, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. I'm your host, Robin Kaplan. I'm also a certified lactation consultant and owner of the San Diego Breastfeeding Center. At The Boob Group, we're your online support group for all things related to breastfeeding. And don't forget to visit our website at theboobgroup.com for more information on how you can become part of our show. You can also join the conversation by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. Do you love our shows and want to help support them? Consider making a donation to The Boob Group. Any amount is greatly appreciated, and if you are feeling especially generous and donate over $50, we will personally thank you on one of our shows. We're all volunteers here, and your contribution helps us pay for operating costs needed to produce great shows for you week after week. So today, I'm joined by four fantastic panelists in the studio. Ladies, will you please introduce yourselves? I'm Jessica Hilt. I'm 36, and I am a technical outreach coordinator and a fiction writer. I have one child who just turned one. I'm Christina Williams. I'm 33 years old. I'm in medical education, and I have one daughter. She is six months old. And I'm Susan Carrasco. I'm 36 years old. I am a pediatric occupational therapist, and I have one daughter, Amelia, and she's three months old. And I am Sunny Galt. I am a web video host and producer. I am the host of our sister show called Preggy Pals, which is all about pregnancy. I have two little boys at home, um, one who is almost two years old and another one who is almost two months old or two months old now that I'm breastfeeding. Well, welcome to the show, ladies. <coughs> Sounds familiar. <coughs> if your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. 
It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide. So it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. Hi, Boob Group. My name is Ashley, and I'm from Colorado. I think it's so cool that you were able to interview Ina Mae Gaskin. I read both her birthing book and her breastfeeding book before my baby was born about a year ago. I love that she breaks everything down into such simple components. I remember attending my first breastfeeding support group after my son was born and feeling so intimidated at first. I think I would have felt so much more comfortable having gone to that group while I was pregnant. I will definitely recommend that to all of my pregnant friends from now on. She's a gem. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on The Boob Group, we are talking about strategies for the breastfeeding mom who has to return to work. So ladies, um, how old were your babies when you went back to work? My daughter was three months old, and I went back 50% time for a month before I committed for the full 40 hours. Okay, Christina. That, and how did you work that out with your boss? I had talked to her beforehand. Um, my workplace has been very baby and breastfeeding friendly, so... That was really helpful for me um, to make that transition. 50% was a great thing for me. Yeah. How about you, Jessica? I had a little bit of a different situation. I did not go back to work until um, Eleanor was six months old, and it was a brand new job with a brand new organization. So I didn't have any relationships with bosses or um, I didn't even know really what the job was going to be like, so I wasn't sure what I could do. Um, And it was full-time Monday through Friday. Yeah. And Sunny, what's your situation look like? <laughs> My situation is unique because I'm at work right now. <laughs> so I guess technically I could breastfeed at work in front of all of you and it would probably be okay. Um, actually, with my firstborn, though, um, prior to starting this company, I um, was looking for work. And I actually had some interviews lined up and stuff. And because um, they weren't as patient as I wanted them to be, um, by the time I got out of the hospital and you know kind of got my life back on track, so to speak, after getting used to just having my firstborn... Um, those opportunities were no longer available. So I, I kind of experienced, you know, trying to be in the workforce and do that whole thing. Um, the timing just really wasn't right for me. Yeah. And Susan, you haven't gone back to work yet. And so what's kind of your, what are you thinking? I am nervous. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad to be sitting here with all of you who clearly have made it work. And there are definitely, obviously, ways and support to, to make it work. Um, but yes, I, I was a little apprehensive just finding the time during my work day to be able to pump. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I remember I, I had a really sweet situation with my, um, with my previous job. And, um, so when I returned to work after both of my sons were born, um, I got to work two days in the office, kind of like you, Christina, two days in the office and two days at home. And then the fifth day I used the the time you get off when you have your kids. Why can I not think of this? What it's called. Thank you. Paid family leave act. There you go. Um, and so I actually had 
30 Fridays off. Um, and so that was fantastic. And my boss, the first time around, was unbelievable because she didn't really care when I worked at home, just as long as I got the work done. So as long as she had an email by 9 o'clock the next morning of all the work I had done the previous day, um, and she wasn't even that specific, but if I was working on a project that had a deadline, um, she was really cool that the email came in at about midnight. And um, and I adored her for that, and she was fantastic. So um, she definitely made my life easier. Um, and I had also spoken with our HR lady before I returned to work because I really wanted to know what to expect in terms of pumping breaks and location. And so, um, Jessica, did you – I know since you didn't really know this HR person in the beginning, how did that work since you weren't really able to establish that initially? Well, the, the place of business that I went to was a very large organization that had a very large – human resources department. So I expected them to have all their stuff together. That was not true. (laughs) Um, They, I'm sure, had complete knowledge of what the laws were for breastfeeding and and having a a mom that was pumping at work. But getting, getting into that situation, I really had to advocate for myself. So the first thing I did is I did not discuss that I had a child until I had the offer signed and back to the organization. And then I did all the research that I could for, with this company online to make sure what they had set up already. When I found out what they had, um, I contacted the HR department and said, I am a breastfeeding mom. And when I come back, I'll be pumping. I can see that you guys have a lactation room, but I know that it's closed until January. Can you tell me if you think this is going to be up? So I did all that legwork beforehand, and I also um, CC'd who was going to be my boss at the time um, and made sure that she was completely in the loop as well. Um, It meant that the first day that I walked in, I really did expect them to have more stuff together, like to have an idea of what what to do with me when it was, you know, when – and, and, of course, I came back at six months, and you ladies can appreciate this. You're, you start to get a bit tight <laughs> about three hours after you fed last. So um, I remember filling out all the HR paperwork and then being like, okay, I have about a half an hour more before I'm going to start bleeding through the shirt. So, <laughs> so um, just talking to them and, and being very um, a, a very big advocate for myself. I, I like to say I didn't go in waving a boob flag because I didn't want to be an activist. I wanted people not to have that kind of defense um, back to being, you know, an activist boob breastfeeding person. But I wanted to also make sure that I got my stuff taken care of. Um, And it worked out well. Um, Lots of people are super awkward about it, though. It was a big eye opener to me who was completely calm about it and who was really nervous and, and embarrassed to talk about it. And what I found the most interesting is men who have breastfeeding wives totally relaxed about it. They were totally supportive. And, and, you know, I remember a guy referencing how many gallons of milk his wife pumped (laughs) for their twins. And I was like, okay, that's cool. (laughs) So you had your allies in there. I did. You have to find your allies for sure. Absolutely. Christina, how about you? What legwork did you do before you went back to work? You know, I didn't do too much. Um, My boss had recently had a child and was already, it was already sort of the norm. That's fantastic. Um, and so I just had to make some arrangements to get a curtain put up in the conference room. Okay. And that was really all I needed to do. That's fantastic. Um, Sunny, 
what are you, how do you make this work? Obviously, you're your own boss. And so, <laughs> um, how are you finding this, um, being back to work for long, long days, essentially, while you're recording? Well, it's funny because today is one of those days where today's a full day of recording for us. And, you know, I've been here, you know, already four or five hours. And as you guys are talking, you're talking about breastfeeding and my boobs are tingling. <laughs> I have my pump over there in the corner and I'm going, ideally, I wanted a break between this time and this time to go pump. And that just didn't happen. And what am I going to do? And talking about, like, like your boobs feeling like they're going to bleed through your shirt. Um, I think my buttons or whatever are about to pop off my shirt. Um, but so sometimes it's a challenge because sometimes it's still out of my control as to what I can and can't do, you know, and we all kind of go through that. I mean, I do think I'm at a little bit of an advantage in that um, most of the work that I do is out of my house. So, you know, I can pretty much, I mean, I think Robin and I, the other day, we were actually recording. We were recording <laughs> a segment on Skype and um, I literally just kind of whipped out my boob and breastfed because my son started to cry and he was hungry and, and and I was thinking as I was doing it I'm like is this a little weird I'm like well no because Robin's a lactation consultant <laughs> we're recording something for the boob group I'm like I don't can you get more perfect than that I don't think I you know. can if, if you can't feel comfortable in that environment Lord help you exactly. you know what I mean so I do think I, I have it a little easier than most and, and I'm very appreciative of that yeah. yeah Susan as a woman who is eventually going to join the workforce and you're going to have a baby at home um, what questions do you have I'm interested in how you keep up your milk supply. Um, I know one of the challenges I'm going to be facing when I return to work is, wonderfully, I work with a bunch of young women who a lot of them have breastfed, are breastfeeding, are pregnant, having babies. Um, but the way our workday is structured, it looks like I will only have time to pump like one time during that day. So I'm interested in how my milk supply is going to stay maintained if you know I can't pump multiple times throughout the day. If you have any tips for that. I pumped a lot during the day. So um, I pumped three times at work. Um, but I also, one of the great things, this is Jessica, and I, one of the great things that I, I worked out with my, my new employer was an early work schedule. So I got in at 6.30 in the morning, immediately pumped, pumped two more times during the day, and then left at 2.30, 3 o'clock. Um, then I would go home breastfeed her until she went to bed and then I go to sleep and then I'd wake up at one o'clock in the morning and pump one more time. Is that because your baby was sleeping through this time? My or? baby was the best sleeper ever. <laughs> Sorry all those babies out there that are not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so Eleanor slept through the night which was which is a challenge because one of the things that they tell you is if you can't pump during the day to wake them up in at night and feed them but Anybody who's had a baby that it does not sleep through the night, if they start sleeping through the night, you're not going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to wake them up to feed them. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's not going to happen. So, yeah, I, I pumped a lot during the day. So I think what the common culture tells you to do is to then wake them up at night. I guess if they're still waking up, fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Christina? How often are you pumping? Two to three times a day. I hear a lot as well. Um, usually twice. Some Some days... I just have to get in there. Not not for for supply in terms of getting enough milk, but because I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And and I've had some moms too who um who are teachers and so to pump at recess there's not even enough time to pull out the pump and do everything and so they pump during lunch. And so oftentimes they'll pump right when they get to work before they start. So they'll get to work a little bit early, pump before they start seeing their students, pump during lunch and then depending on when their baby's going to feed after they're done with work, um, they might pump before they go home or they might get home in time for that next feeding. And so, um, you know, it, it all it all just depends on how how the moms 
you know, able to manage her, you know, uncomfortability, actually. So because the more uncomfortable you get consistently, it can start to decrease your supply. Sunny, how about you? Because when you're here for a full day, do you get in pumping? Um, sometimes, sometimes not. Um, I, I really like to try to space it out. But like I said, sometimes things happen. Sometimes we're postponed for whatever reason. And that chunk of time that I thought I was going to have, I no longer have. Um, and that was the case today. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just going to be one of those things where I, th- I think it is going to affect my ability to pump you know, or to get, you know, as much milk as I wanted to get out of today, because I kind of have a quota in my head. I'm kind of like, hey, if I could get, you know, X amount of uh, ounces out of today and put it in the freezer or or however I'm going to store it, I think that's a successful day. So I like to have those little goals. Um, Will I get as much out today because I kind of skip my window of opportunity? I don't think so. I think my boobs are going to be like, okay, you're full enough. You know, I think I'm going to be a couple ounces short at least. It's possible. And the other thing, too, is that it doesn't have to be as long as it's not every day. Um, I mean, you do this this long day, Sunny, yeah. once a, once a month. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, I remember going to a concert and I went for like eight hours without pumping and I got home and I was completely full, but it didn't necessarily sabotage my supply because it was kind of a, a situational thing. Um, and ladies, I guess just before we take a break, I'd love to know what were you most anxious about um, before you returned to work and... Um, was it rightfully so to be anxious about it? Or did you find that it actually went a lot easier than you thought it might be? I was very concerned because my daughter wouldn't take a bottle. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd been working on it for two months and uh, no luck. <laughs> so um, that still continues to be an issue for me. It's six months. So she doesn't really take much during the day. She eats it all at night. So that, that does impact me in terms of going back to work because I'm not very well rested because I'm up most of the night feeding her. Yeah. The thing that I was most nervous about was having a, a a stock of frozen breast milk because I knew that I was not, because I had practiced pump, pumping before I went back to work and I knew I was not pumping as much as what she would eat at the boob. Um, so I knew that I needed some kind of s- supply in my freezer um, and I was very nervous about building that up and I did build up a supply and I did go through that supply. So um, yes, it was absolutely warranted. Um, but you know what? You work things out. You you can't be too stressed about it. It's you know you're 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 a mom on so many different levels and just getting the the breast milk into the kid. So as long as you kind of keep that in mind and and realize that sometimes you have to give up. You know, at nine months, Eleanor switched to a formula for half of her milk supply. I, everybody told me, oh, she's eating solids. You know, it'll get better, and it never did for me. Um, but I'm, I'm a mom on so many different levels. It can't be that it's just about breast milk. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that, though. That's, that's super important. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, when we come back, we'll be discussing some tips for pumping schedules and also, again, kind of talking about ways that we can increase our supply and keeping it up and putting that stock, you know, that stockpile in the freezer and all that kind of stuff to hopefully reduce a little bit of stress when you go back to work. So we'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. 
Okay, so we're back. And uh, during the break, Susan decided to share with us a little bit of something she had tried that was brand new, um, which could be very helpful for moms who are returning to work who may not want to get to work a few minutes early to pump while they're at work. Susan actually pumped on her way to this uh, <laughs> taping today. So, Susan, how did you maneuver that in the car? Yes, and I um, now I've, I'd be afraid of spilling the milk all over the place. And you're in such a pretty shirt right now that I'm like, <laughs> how did you make that happen? So, will you please share? Sure. So I knew, um, unfortunately, my baby hadn't woken up and I dare not wake her up because she doesn't sleep very well before I left to feed her. So I gathered up my pump supplies and I put everything on before I left the garage and um, put the little apron over my shirt and everything and pulled out and turned her on and uh, started pumping on the way to work or on the way here to the taping because I knew I was going to be gone, you know, a few hours. And as I mentioned earlier with my job, it looks like during my work day, I'm only going to have this one opportunity. So I thought I'm going to have to pump on my way to work and probably on my way home or something like that. So I might as well start practicing now. <laughs> and it actually went really well. It was a little awkward because I had to like lean really far <laughs> forward and people were looking at me like, what's she doing? Like but, a grandma behind yeah, the yeah. <laughs> But um, I got four ounces, so I'm pretty happy. Nice. Yeah. And when you arrived here today, how did you take the equipment off with being kind of yeah. flashing everyone in the right. parking lot? Well, I had my um, my little baby that breastfeeding Cover, apron yep. on and I just left that on and just took all the parts off underneath the apron, really. Just kind of like you're breastfeeding in public. If you use an apron or a blanket, I just did that. And um, I brought a cooler in the car, have the ice packs in there and, you know, just threw all the parts in a Ziploc bag and... Fantastic. Maybe I'll try it on the way home, too. (laughs) (laughs) So, and I'm so glad that you brought that up because um, for those of us who don't want to take an extra 15 minutes when we get to work or 15 minutes uh, before we leave because we just want to get home and see our little one, um, that is a fantastic option. And so I love that you shared that. So thank you. Um, For those of you who are, are... Christina and Sunny and Jessica, you know, what supplies do you bring with you when you actually pump at work? Um, I've heard a great idea is actually bringing an extra shirt just in case you have um, a a milk and pump malfunction, essentially, where uh, you leak through all over on the shirt you drop it on. So um, what other what other things do you bring with you to work? The thing that I wish I would have done sooner in the whole pumping experience is just buy two sets of everything that you pump with. Absolutely. Um, Because you can't, a lot of times there's 20 people in your kitchen, so rinsing out the equipment is a pain. Or I I had a time where somebody had, I had left the thing that I usually clean the pump in a cabinet and somebody had used it to like clean out a chili bowl. Eh, I'm not going to be using that anymore. (laughs) So just, just save yourself. It's just a few extra bucks. You know, and that way you don't have to do all that cleaning right after. Because a lot of times you just want to get back to your desk so that nobody notices or gets upset that you're you're pumping yet again. Yeah. <laughs> and so are you just talking about the flanges essentially? That yeah. and not necessarily the tubing, but not necessarily tubing. No, I mean the tubing kind of you don't ever clean it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, but and and I would even say in your head you, you should not necessarily have an extra pump, but you should have an idea of somebody who might have an extra pump for you. Because I dropped my pump and broke the faceplate off of it. Which, of course, at nine o'clock at night, you're freaking out because you have to pump the next day. Luckily, I had a friend of mine who was like, yeah, I have an extra pump. She, I don't know why. She has like three. <laughs> Lisa, I know you're listening. Why do you have three? <laughs> so <laughs> so that, that would be my advice is going back to work. Just buy buy um, buy a few extra things that, that will just make your life easier. Okay. How about you, Christina? Yeah, I, I couldn't recommend getting extra membranes enough. 
Oh, Inevitably, yeah. you will. One will get stuck to something and not make it in your bag. You'll rip it. It, it just extra membranes. We're, I have about ten of them in my desk, <laughs> and I have had to use several of them. So extra membranes. Somehow, I managed to get milk in my tubes a lot. So I got an extra set of tubes, mm-hmm. and now that I have an extra set, I've never had to use them. But <laughs> I'm glad that I have them. I always had an extra set of batteries because every once in a while, I or what. I don't know where the plug went, you know, where to plug it into the wall, and then the batteries would die. And so luckily I had this very nice colleague, this male colleague whose wife was breastfeeding at the same time, too. And so he would be the person I would, you know, talk to and everything and share ridiculous milk malfunction stories with and stuff like that. And so I remember walking in there and I'm like, okay, I need batteries. And of course, his mind was going in bizarre directions. And I'm like, no, my pump's not working. Like I totally need some. And so he went all over the place to find me four AA batteries so I could pump. And it was so nice. But definitely having just extra things to help either plug in or the batteries to make it work, actually. How about you, Sunny? Um, yeah, I was going to say, um, the one thing that I always make sure that I have, and probably having extra of it is a really good idea, too, is some sort of really good labeling system. Because if your um, place that you're working at or that you're at when you have to pump has a, a refrigerator, you know how things get lost in refrigerators. And I actually had a, a situation where I was going to be out for most of the day, and I was in an office-type environment. It wasn't my place of business, but I was in an office. And and someone almost drank my milk because they didn't – it wasn't labeled. <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding me? Breast milk looks different than cow's milk, yeah, okay? Exactly. You know, things kind of disappear in like um, an employee-type uh, refrigerator situation. So I would just say um, thank goodness that, you know, I had my labeling system and um, – don't don't ever forget that you know nice. have some sort of thing to put it in label it breast milk I don't know what you have to do but I, I can't even imagine if that guy had actually drank my milk I no longer have to pump at work but now I carry all the milk for my tea in breastfeeding stuff because I know nobody will drink it <laughs> <laughs> so I just store it in my fridge and it'll say like you know breastfeeding on it and I, I just and then I just pour it in my tea and hope nobody notices oh, there you go. <laughs> And actually, I didn't have extra pieces for my pump, which is brilliant. And I don't know why I never thought about that. But um, I always kept an extra Ziploc bag, actually, like one of those freezer size ones. And then what I would do is I would throw the flanges and stuff in there. I'd cap my bottles, put them in the I, – I didn't have a fridge, so I just kept it in the f- uh, freezer bag and st- – or not a freezer bag, a little cooler. Um, and then I would actually take those pieces out and pump straight through them again because originally I had – been washing them in the bathroom with, you know, everyone else and a couple stalls in there. And I was just like, yeah, I just don't really want to get into this conversation with these people about it. And so, and because breast milk is viable for 10 hours, you know, up to 10 hours in a 72 degree room, I figured, well, then it should be fine on my pump. So, and then I just washed all the pieces when I got home. But, you know, if that's not something you're comfortable with, I love the idea of just having extra pieces as well. You know what I do is I have a wet bag. Um, people will use for cloth diapers Uh so um, it has a pattern on the outside I put all my pump pieces in it and then I put it in the fridge with all my other stuff and then no one can see it no one gets all weirded out by it and I just pull it out when I'm going to pump again oh that's a great idea too love it Um, so kind of going on this whole thought of you know what advice do you have so we have advice on how to essentially make sure people don't drink your breast milk and also, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, all your pieces and stuff like that. But so for, say, for someone like Susan, who is going to be going back to work eventually, um, what what is your favorite advice to kind of offer this brand new mom who's going to be returning to work and pumping? Schedule it on your calendar. What oh. do you mean? What do you mean by that? Put an appointment for yourself on your calendar. 
because inevitably an hour will go by beyond when I was supposed to pump because uh. I get distracted mm-hmm. and I don't remember until, holy cow, I'm, I'm hurting. And then at that point, I'm in there forever. It's uncomfortable. I'm not really getting as much as I wanted. And I just schedule it for myself. That's that's excellent advice. I scheduled it on my phone for an alarm, but I also scheduled it on my calendar. Um, you can make it uh, on Outlook. You can make private appointments that um, block out time, but don't necessarily show anybody what you're doing. And so I would always block it off on my calendar. So if my boss or somebody in my company were trying to schedule an appointment with me, they wouldn't always do it over the time when I was pumping. And that happened I, the first month that happened a lot. And that's why I actually went to that method. And it worked brilliantly. Um, if somebody was really desperate to see me, they could come and say, what about? And I'd be like, okay, well, we can move it here or here. Um, but then I had more control over it. So oh, for sure. That's a great idea. How about you, Sunny? It kind of goes back to the, the support, you know, you know obviously for, for what I do, I have the support of all of you and whoever would even be in this room. I know that they're supportive of, of what I'm doing. And I, I think that that's important, too, that don't listen to the naysayers. You know, you, you're going to walk into a situation probably where there are going to be people that are uncomfortable with it. And, um, you know, that's that's kind of unfortunate. But know that the more that they see it and they encounter it, the less weirded out they're going to be. Um, but surround yourself with people that are supportive. And I think that's that's going to help a lot. I would I would definitely say as as far as like making sure you have a support system, make sure you have like a pumping buddy, somebody who's been in that situation before, somebody who you can text and say, I only got two ounces, which is devastating. It's devastating when you've just pumped for 15 minutes and you have two ounces sitting there staring at you and you feel terrible. And being able to text someone and say, I just pumped for 15 minutes and it was only two ounces. And they text back like, yeah, but are you drinking your water? And like, or, or, oh, that's, that's fine. You'll pump more next time or, or whatever, just somebody that you can, you know, say, this is what's happening to me and and get that kind of that support. It is, it's all about support. Absolutely. I found too, just having my HR on board as well. And so that way, you know, going and speaking with them ahead of time, at least I had the option to do that. And, um, setting up when I was going to be able to pump and how much time, you know, was okay with everyone. And so that way, um, I just, I was fortunate I had my own office. And so I would just put a sign on my door that I'm busy, please leave, (laughs) you know? And I remember the first day I was back, they hadn't installed a lock on my door and I had put a sign on my door and, um, someone from the finance department walked in while I was like pulling my shirt back down. And it was a woman, but I was just like, did you not read the sign? Like, did you not hear the whoosh, 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 you know, like, come on. And so it was nice for me to be able to go over there. And for some reason, the rest of the day, they couldn't get a lock in. And so the HR woman actually left her office for 15 minutes in the afternoon so I could pump in her office and have a quiet space because she had a lock on her door. And so that was huge support as well as um, their buy-in for it. And so they knew that I was going to continue to come to work because they were going to provide me this space and time to do it. And I ended up staying there for another two years. So um, it was really in their, you know, in their best interest. But it also, it was just so helpful because she was my ally too. Um, So that was something I would offer as well. Somebody just came back to work in our office and um, she, the, the new lactation room, the one that was not open when I was, <laughs> when I was doing it, um, she could not find it. 
And when she found it, it was locked and she didn't have the passcode. And and then it finally dawned on me like, oh, I have an office and you don't. Come into my office. I will leave. And, and she was awesome. so relieved. And it's all of it's just that karma. You know, I got it. I had it so good. I had so, so much support. And then I could give it back. And that's, you know, that that's the boob group. Right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so and actually, I, I did mean to ask you guys. Um, so where I mean, you have lactation um, rooms in your facility, Jessica, but you also have your own office as well where I, you can pump. I didn't have my office at the time. Got I it. just moved into that office. Um, but because we didn't have a facility, um, we found they tried to put me in the bathroom, which is against the law. Yes. Um, they tried to do that first. Thank goodness there was not an outlet because then I didn't have to pitch too much of a fit. But then they found an empty office. Um, and and there was actually a little bit of pushback because there were men outside the office and they would be disturbed by the pumping sound. <laughs> I don't think so. So, so luckily there was, you know, they, they just put me in the office and it worked. It worked out well. That's nice. How about you, Christina? Where do you pump at work? Um, I'm in the conference room, which okay. now has oh, a blind. That's what you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. I was was in the storage room a few times uh, before that, just temporarily, um, but it's worked out really great. Okay. Fantastic. Well, ladies, thank you so much for your advice and insight on how to continue breastfeeding and maintain your milk supply um, after returning to work. And you had such fantastic ideas. Thank you. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Before we wrap things up, here's Lara Adello talking about ways to overcome societal booby traps. Hi, Boot Group listeners. I'm Lara Adello, a certified lactation educator, the retail marketing manager at Best for Babes, and owner of Mama Pear Designs. I'm here to answer some of your most common questions about how you can achieve your personal breastfeeding goals without being undermined by cultural and institutional booby traps, such as why do only half of hospitals help moms initiate breastfeeding in the first hour after birth? Let's start with our baby's very first feeding. Research from as far back as the 1970s has shown that timing of the initiation of breastfeeding is important, preferably in the first hour. It's such a special time that some have dubbed it the magical hour. The evidence is strong enough that initiation of breastfeeding in the first hour was made one of the 10 steps to successful breastfeeding. In CDC surveys filled out by hospitals for 2009, only 51% reported that greater than 90% of healthy full-term breastfed infants initiate breastfeeding within one hour of uncomplicated vaginal birth. This is up from 44% in 2007, but the current percentage, only half, shows that we have a long, long way to go. The lowest numbers are in the southeast and southwest regions of the country, with rates of 39 and 43% respectively. And the West had the best rate at 59%. Wondering what the 10 steps say about the timing of the initiation of breastfeeding after a cesarean birth? Well, to comply with this step, in the case of a cesarean birth, babies are to be placed skin to skin in their mother's arms within a half an hour of their mother's ability to respond to them. The rate of compliance with this practice isn't measured by the CDC surveys. If you're planning a hospital birth, don't let this magical hour get lost. Include your wishes in a birth plan that also has details about breastfeeding 
and make sure to discuss your plan with your labor and delivery care persons. A special thank you to Tanya Lieberman, IBCLC, for writing the Booby Trap series for Best for Babes. Visit www.bestforbabes.org for more great information about how to meet your personal breastfeeding goals. And my business, www.mamaparedesigns.com for breastfeeding supportive wearables. And be sure to listen to the Boob Group for fantastic conversations about breastfeeding and breastfeeding support. Do you have any advice you'd like to share about your experience returning to work as a breastfeeding mom? We would love to hear it. All you have to do is call the Boob Group hotline at 619-866-4775, leave us a message, and we would love to share your advice on an upcoming episode. Coming up next week, we'll be discussing how craniosacral therapy can improve breastfeeding. Thanks for listening to the Boob Group, because mothers know breast. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.